Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. got a uh, something important coming up next week and uh, he he's on the line right now i I'd, I'd say absolutely yes i i call david marquez one of the most entrepreneurial people in independent mm. wrestling and with uh, championship wrestling from atlanta coming to us shortly let's talk with him now joining us on the tipping point david marquez welcome to the show hey guys thanks for having me Excellent, thank you david so david what yeah. <laughs> brings you to what brings championship wrestling to Atlanta? Why Atlanta? You've done this in several other cities. Why Atlanta? Well, why not? Um, I've been in and out of Atlanta for years. Um, the crowd is always great. Uh, even in WCW times when I freelanced through Harley Race and Gordon Soley way back when. Um, you know, Atlanta's always been good to me. I, I did a 50th anniversary show for the NWA, or the 60th anniversary at Phillips Arena, which we had a really oh, yeah. good crowd and, you know, sponsors and all that stuff. And uh, we put it on television and, you know, that opened up an arena business for me. Uh, we, we, we did probably 60, 70 arenas in a three-year period, all great programming and shows and talent. Um, across the world <laughs> based off that Atlanta show. So, you know, Atlanta's always been good. And this project actually started about five years ago. Um, mm. 
when I contacted Peachtree TV, then still, I believe, it was still WTBS 17. Um, it was, maybe the ownership was crossover was happening but with Meredith Broadcasting. But I pitched to them the idea of doing a local studio show uh, because of the success of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood uh, out of Los Angeles and being a syndicated across the country, uh, nowhere near what we have now in syndication, but still it was, it was picking up steam. And then we had Championship Wrestling from Arizona, which uh, was shot in Tucson, and it was throughout the state of Arizona. So we figured out a model. And uh, at the time, I don't know if it was because the station was for sale or, they were, or, or whatever, but they weren't necessarily interested. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, Billy Corgan and David Lagana come my way after they exit Impact and wanted to do something together with me. And uh, it, it, I, it just sounded like Billy wanted to do his own thing versus partner with somebody like our United Wrestling Network. And so during our initial meeting, I just kind of blurted it out. I was like, well, I know the NWA is for sale. <laughs> and he said, it is. And uh, what is it? And how is it? And, you know, I shared the information I knew and helped and showed them where all the previous uh, bodies were buried in my 20-plus year relationship with the organization to that point, off and on, um, and helped him buy the NWA brand uh, from the, the the then ownership. But in the back of my mind, I had already found uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting where I was going to do this Channel 17 wrestling show. So, you know, a year or two build up we do the 70th anniversary for the nwa in nashville and uh then the idea of doing an nwa television program started and they were going to do it in nashville and i said no 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 there's a place i know of in atlanta that's perfect for this and it's georgia public uh, broadcasting went down there made the deal obviously that turned into nwa power and that reignited my love for the atlanta fan base and their enthusiasm and then when my relationship ended with uh, the new NWA, I said, oh, well, let me see. Oh, and let me back up. While we were doing Power, I contacted Peachtree TV again to repackage Power for Channel 17 for to, to, to get people into locally to understand what this is if they're not watching it on YouTube and to sell tickets and whatnot. But uh, the NWA wasn't interested in doing that. So I knew that there was – now interest in the new ownership of doing something. And so when uh, we went our separate ways in the beginning of, uh, of uh, 2021, I just kind of made a couple of phone calls after I did the primetime live pay-per-view series with the United Wrestling Network. Uh, I, you know, I had some other thoughts. So I went back to the station, hit them up on the idea. We had CarShield uh, as our title sponsor across the country with uh, the Hollywood program. And our Memphis program had started at, at that point. Um, and uh, they really loved it. So that's how we ended up back in Atlanta, and now at center stage <laughs> coming up on September 2nd, um, and uh, it's just been a crazy, like, four or five months putting this, this uh, event together, but that's how I ended up back in Atlanta. <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the TV, of course, coming out of center stage is going to look beautiful. I mean, that, that's a great building for television, which I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's also a big building to, for for, yeah. for TV. 
Um, are you, I mean, are you concerned about that at all? About how that's going to look? Um, come, you know, not and I don't think not at all. No. And and in fact, I, I am hoping that we don't sell the place out because uh, I know it may be unpopular in the South to say this. I am very conscious of COVID, and if I had it my way, everyone would be masked. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, the people I'm in partners with down there, like, well, we're not, we, we don't want to do that. So if if we only have 100, 200, 300 people in that 700-seat uh, place, I'm fine with that. We've been doing programming over the last year and a half in front of nobody. So having a few mm-hmm. hundred people there is, is fantastic just to have breathing bodies and people enjoying what we do. Um, but we mastered shooting our Hollywood program and, primetime live in without an audience. The same thing with, uh, I'm not sure if people know this, but I produced the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Strong program. So we did that for a year uh, in our same facility where we do Hollywood without fans. So if we have anybody there, I'm going to be ecstatic. Okay. You know, I, do you have I'm a, real... Go ahead, Steve. Um, hey, David, Stephen Platinum. Um, do you have any? Uh, do you have any like boots on the ground, like um, like local people who are helping you out with the promotional oh, sure. side near Atlanta? Sure. Cool. Like any, yeah, anybody who you can talk about, or? Well, yeah. I mean, um, you know, Gallo's crew is helping us out a whole lot. Um, we have uh, Zicky Dice who's there, and if people don't know, uh, Zicky started with us in on the Hollywood program before he went to the NWA and. You know, he lives in Atlanta. Um, and then a handful of just, you know, people we know promotion-wise and the TV station and, you know, salespeople and, and all that, all kinds of stuff. I, I kind of don't take the traditional route of promoting, uh, if anyone's ever followed my career. Um, it, I, I'm, I'm really big into broadcasting. So, you know, the, the, the live event is important for sure, but it's a new product. It's a new name. People are going to look at it. People are going to be like, uh, who's this outsider coming in? It, it, that happens in every town I've ever gone into, and I've been in many of them. And Larry will remember a fiasco I had in Knoxville probably about 10, 12 years ago. Um, I was going to ask you about it was that. A mess. Oh, it was a mess, um, a complete mess uh, that I had nothing to do with, and I'm so upset that it went the way it went. But, you know, it had to do with, you know, being the outsider. And I, I just had this issue in, in, uh, uh, in Memphis. You know, and, you know, he's, he's gone now, Burt Prentice, but he, he was creating problems for us in Memphis to go in. And we were on the air already for three years before we started doing live uh, matches, original matches. So, you know, it's just silly, this old way of thinking. And, you know, that, that's why you won't see posters and, 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 and handbills on car windows right now because it's, it's, it's a waste. Someone will come by and pull it, and it's, it's just a waste of money. Yeah, so not not to belabor a, a sore point, but like you've been successful in Arizona, obviously in Hollywood and in Memphis. Yeah. Knoxville was not a success, and you know my impression from you up there no. is you did not have the local partners you needed up there to make that did not. work. Is, is is that an no. accurate perception? It's one hundred percent accurate, and it was kind of like when the when the cat's away. Um, the people I had that I was working with there did absolutely nothing uh, to help this thing. They were trying to help themselves. It was 100% selfish. And it's interesting because years ago, Gordon Soley taught me, you know, he said, you know, the, the, the first way to kill a wrestling company, David, is a five-letter word that starts with G and ends with D. 
and he's absolutely right. So, uh, unfortunately, a guy's name is Troy Lowe. He was a belt maker. I have no problem talking about it. Uh, he had no business being in wrestling. He brought other local wrestling people in. I ended up with Jim Cornette there that I thought we were going to do great stuff with. Um, and then there was another promoter that I can't remember his name that was brought in from Florida. And uh, it, when I was gone, they convinced the TV station that they didn't need me. And uh, it was a Fox station. And uh, Oh, the radio guy. Overnight, I know who you mean. Overnight. Yeah. yeah, overnight. Overnight, they were buying the time on the station when I was partners with the station. So the station was making money. We were making money uh, under my thing. But then they came in. They basically bought the time from under me. And they changed the name from, uh, we just called it Southeastern Championship Wrestling just to try to get some nostalgia. And they ended up calling it like uh, Amer- something America Wrestling. And it, it went nowhere. They shot their TV in the dark because they didn't know what they were doing. And it was, it was just bad. It was. I remember going to the taping they ran up there when they did bring Cornette one time. And then that was the end of it. Uh, Chris Lash was the guy's name. Who who, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who wound wound up uh, with Great America Wrestling? Yeah, uh, it was after, horrible. After, yeah, atrocious. Yeah. Um. So David, you know, it's it's interesting that in in this time when it seems like every independents are going towards either either IWTV or Fight TV mm-hmm. or YouTube, and you you're going a completely different direction. Yep. Um, the reason being is. Oh, go ahead. Finish your question. I'm sorry. No, no, that, that's that's it. I was just wondering about that. Okay. It, 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 well, I'm a broadcaster. Uh, TV stations still exist because people still watch television. Um, the numbers aren't as high necessarily, but the advertising is high. So most people don't understand, you know, radio or television or traditional broadcasting like they used to in the masses, the business side of it, but I understand it well. So – as we package, say, a Memphis or an Atlanta with Hollywood, see, Hollywood's seen on over 300 outlets across the country in two languages. It's in English and Spanish. We're in all the top markets, and I could have easily started uh, in Atlanta with the Hollywood show and flipped it over, but I didn't want to do that um, because the incentives about – like if you've ever watched the uh, Memphis version of our show – You'll see all the product placement. You'll see all the advertising. I have no issues being NASCAR. Um, it's, it's, that's, that's what pays the bills. So we bring tons, quote, unquote, tons of money from a wrestling perspective in nationally, uh, and tr- it trickles down to local. And, and the model for this, the true model is championship wrestling from Memphis. Dustin Starr there, he's a, he's a juggernaut. That guy knows how to make everything work. And, you know, we have Dave and Busters and Sonic and uh, Jets Pizza and uh, so many other uh, uh, local franchises and whatnot. And the TV station working with us, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to understand TV, what the station's needs are in order for you to be successful. Because for decades, television took advantage, pro wrestling took advantage of television. They never gave back. They had huge ratings. They ran these big buildings and the TV stations got nothing out of it, you know? So now I've kind of flipped it where the TV station has a lot to gain for working with a person like me and it's lower outside of, outside of news. So in, in lightness, uh, what does the TV station gain from partnering with uh, championship wrestling from Atlanta? Well, it, the, the main thing it's, it's, a, it's original content it's local programming. 
And in, like I said, it's outside of news. Most sports or anything like a big, like the Braves, my guess is they have a, their own proprietary cable channel that they're on now. Same thing with the Falcons yeah. or whatever. Um, it, they, they have taken that away from broadcast television. So there's no sports, no local anything. You might not even get college or you're, you're lucky to maybe even get high school or prep sports on broadcast TV today. So a show like ours who have uh, t- talent that appears on WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, my programming, you know, uh, previously the NWA, whatever, like there's stars on there. Those are, those are television stars from Raw and SmackDown and whatnot. So they can package that with their other programming. Let's say if they are a, a, what's called a duopoly, which means a television station, two TV stations or multiple TV stations are owned by the same company in the same market. Let's say they have a Fox station and then they have a program like ours on their CW or my network or, or another channel. Um, they package it with SmackDown and it's added value. Uh, for an advertiser. So our programming is important to the overall uh, vibe and, and, and uh, sellability of pro wrestling or sports uh, or local content, uh, even uh, anything like that for a local TV station. Yeah. So, David, what is the um, – uh, obviously, you're going to have the big coming up. That's very exciting. Mm-hmm. What's the plan? Is there like a shooting schedule? Like in a perfect world, yeah. assuming it goes yeah. well, what's your what's your time frame? Is it once a month or what are we looking it at? It is once a month. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. once a month. And we have we have center stage dates held until January 22 right now. You know, I'm not going anywhere necessarily unless the station comes back to me and says, this is a complete flop. We're not doing this anymore. Um, but uh, our, our next one, I'll just tell you, we haven't made this public yet, but uh, October 7th. November 4th and December 2. Those are, that's the tapes through the end of the year. So gotcha. uh, if we, if we make it, we make it. And the great thing about uh, the Atlanta show right now, we're going to preempt Hollywood across the country on our 300 stations and replace it with the Atlanta show. So people get a taste of what it is because at mm. the same time, Hollywood is being rebranded. For eight years, we were shooting at the Ocean View Pavilion out here in Los Angeles. It was basically a theater that I flipped where we shot off the stage, much like center stage, but it was a traditional theater, a performing arts mm-hmm. theater that we turned into a TV studio. Um, and, uh, you know, the look was there. I felt it was stale. Uh, I think we exhausted all our resources there. And uh, now we made a deal with Commerce Casino, which is a card-playing casino here in Los Angeles, and we're going to be coming out of their ballroom now. So... This uh, Atlanta program, in theory, will be changing the whole look of what the United Wrestling Na- uh, Network is nationally. So, so it's a it's a it's a different type of model for us. And so, with Atlanta being out there for about four or five, maybe six weeks, leading into what we do at Commerce uh, when we bring Hollywood back on, you know, it's yeah. like a reintroduction of what we've done. And we've been on the air with Hollywood for twelve years. Mm-hmm. There's there's well over six hundred weekly episodics outside of the pandemic shutting us down, we'd be close to 700 uh, weekly TV uh, hours. So, you know, I've, I've had a great time and, and I, and I feel what we do in Atlanta is going to be fun and it's a build, you know, if it's going to be two, three, 400 people over the next uh, four months, I'm fine with that. And I got to say, I'm fine so, with that because of the great people at CarShield. <laughs> so you got a good, you got a good sponsor in CarShield. I do. Fantastic sponsor. They even put me in the commercial. 
I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who uh, those of us who are going to be venturing into the center stage on September yeah. 2, who might we be expecting to uh, see there? You're going to see all kinds of great people. Um, and I don't want to get too much away. Uh, okay. But uh, we have WWE talent that's going to be there. Uh, former, you know, the the Ascension, um, Drama King Matt, um, uh, Caleb Conley, I know, is on the program. Um, uh, our uh, United Wrestling Network World Tag Team Champions, uh, the Bodega. They've also been rebranded as the new LAX on MLW, the exact same team. Um, so Danny Rivera and, and Slice Boogie, they kind of have freebird rules with a third person named uh, Papo Esco. Um, but uh, Slice will be on this program. Uh, and, and and the big thing to me, I've been waiting eight years to do this, maybe even nine years now. We're finally going to have our own United Wrestling Network World Champion, and we started a, uh, a, a tournament uh, in the last, uh, uh, almost this time last year, on our pay-per-view program uh, for the for the title. But COVID just knocked us out; we couldn't do it anymore right at the finals, like the final match where we had Mike Bennett uh, going up against uh, Chris Dickinson. And so that match will happen on the second, and we will have a world champion for our organization for the first time uh, in eight or nine years. And the funny part about this, just to kind of open the curtain a little bit, every person I asked and negotiated to be the world champion in that time period all got a contract from Carl Hmm. Anderson to Finn Balor to Nakamura <laughs> to Peter Avalon to you name it. Every person I went to within two weeks of me asking them, they ended up with a job somewhere else where I couldn't do it. <laughs> and then wow. we do this, and now you're like, of course I can't make a champion. Thank you, COVID. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you you provided us with a wealth of information. They, uh, Steve, anything else you want to David before we let him go? No, I just want to make sure we get the specifics in, you know, um, how can people get tickets, daytime, well, make sure we get all that sure. shut down. Well, well, the, uh, it's going to be on the 2nd. Um, bell time is 7.15. Um, we'll be uh, three hours of television, um, uh, maybe a little bit more depending on, you know, timing. Um, but uh, it's ran pretty, pretty tight, just like a TV show. Uh, if you if you went to the power tapings, it'll be ran pretty much like that. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a week uh, night, so I want you to get in and out. You know, I don't want you guys stuck there. I understand your time, and and you know, I don't want to I don't want to own too much of it. But tickets are available. All the ringside sold out, so tickets start at ten dollars, and they're available at Ticketmaster. But if you go to uh, uh, WrestleAtlanta.com. Um, and at Wrestle Atlanta on uh, Instagram and uh, and uh, Twitter, uh, you know, there's tons of information on there. They're just releasing some videos, and this is new with the new staff and all that stuff. So stuff is sh- slowly uh, getting out uh, and being put together. But um, it's all there. Tickets start at ten bucks. All ages show. I say come out. You never know who or what's going to be there, and my history should speak for itself. You know, who knows. Maybe Bill Barings and I will finally have that match we've been fighting about for 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> we fought enough uh, in the NWA boardrooms, so why not in front of people? We can actually make some money for once. <laughs> no, Bill and I are oh, still to this day. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. 
Dave. I can't, I can't wait to hear about the show. I know, Larry, you are planning to be there, correct? I will. I will. Yes. Barring any kind of unforeseen issues, I will be there September two for this show. Yes. Well, I, I, I haven't seen you in a while, so hopefully we say yeah. hi and you know come we'll on do. over and don't don't be shy. Oh, one last thing: our broadcast team is great. Uh, 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 we, we have Gilbert coming in from Louisville, who used to be the OBW uh, yep. uh, commentator for many years. We have Alyssa Moreno, who started on Hollywood and went to NXT. And then we have Johnny LaQuasto, who also was on Hollywood for probably nine years, but he went to the WWE and actually was in SmackDown a few times. So, you know, uh, but, but during the pandemic, they were let go. But I'm so happy to have them back here. Again, Dustin Starr from uh, our Memphis program will be doing ringside interviews. Um, oh, along with Marty Bell. She's, she's our female uh, uh, ringside interviewer. And every now and again, you'll probably get my – a silly self out there with a microphone uh, as the third string guy. That's a strong crew for of announcers. Yeah, yeah very great. happy. And our and our ring announcer is Bryce Boudreau, who hosts our Lake Charles, Louisiana version of the program. Wow, that's not a local promotion. That's the Hollywood Show repackaged with the host. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, again, awesome. for advertising purposes. <laughs> yeah. Well. Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm excited because I'm here in Orlando, and, you know, Hollywood shows here all the time, so I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to getting to see what you do in the Atlanta show as well. I'm very excited. Yeah. Well, we're negotiating with uh, OTT stuff apps to see if we can place this somewhere where it makes sense for us, because so, the stuff isn't cheap, so we have to pay for it, so there's no more just digging it online and, you know, staring at the pennies on YouTube. This has to be a real business. But hopefully we can put it online so the world can see it too. At least all of Canada will see it because Peachtree is still up there with about an old WTBS relationship. <laughs> so, the, yeah, I was wondering about this. So, so this will air in Canada? Oh, it will, yep. At Saturday night, it starts – that the, the playback, I don't think I talked about that. The playback is uh, starts uh, September 18th, Saturday nights at 10 o'clock. What a great time slot, right? Yeah, I'm just going to say, yeah. Peachtree is really, really believing in it, and I am too. So people listening to this, you've got to watch it. You've got to be there. If you want something fun and cool and to call your own, you know, go for it. I don't know when they're going to be back at uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting, so here I is. Come, come visit. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Well, thanks. thanks, Dave. Thanks for giving us your time. I'll see you on the second. You got it, guys. Yeah, th- thank you guys for having me, and see you there. Take care. You got it. Nice. Yeah. So we're going to get a world title match, or a, or you, you know, their version of the world title match. There, there at the center stage, it's going to be interesting for sure. I was, I was wondering who Dickinson was going to wrestle because I saw that he was on the poster. So I guess that answers the question. Um, yeah, yeah. They did put that out and, somewhere in the media, that match. So, yeah. And the local guys they're using are, you know, they're your they're your top-notch guys, right? You have Overkill and Logan Creed and, you know, any number of guys. So there really isn't – I mean, I'm, I'm excited to hear that Marty Bell is going to be 
like a ringside announcer and all that kind of stuff. Um, what are your thoughts initially, you know, now that, now that we've talked to David, is it a workable model to you, just on, just on hearing on the face of it? Well, the, the part I've never understood is the is the um, how the money part works. Now he says he's got you know he just told us he's got the sponsors and that that's not that's not an issue and he's got the TV station behind it. Yeah. Um, so if, if if that being true, yeah, it sounds like it sounds like it's workable. The questions that I have just in just in the general thing of I'm curious what. And, you know, we're only going to know this when the show happens. And if I'm too, like, amorphous about this, Larry, let me know. But, like, I'm curious of what their identity is. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what makes this a promotion? I mean, it's called from a championship wrestling from Atlanta. But, I mean, I ran shows in Atlanta. That doesn't doesn't really mean anything to me, right? Because it's not like we have the, you know the descendants of Mr. Wrestling working the show or something like that. So it's, what's the identity? What makes this a different kind of show, I guess is what I'm asking. Or does that even need to exist? Do we just need a well-run TV show um, for enough people to be happy to keep this thing going? Well, yeah, I mean, so if we've got an actual TV studio show based in Atlanta being taped at the center, center stage and it's a good quality show... Um, what I don't have any handle on is what kind of viewership does Peachtree TV have, and um, is their hope that they that they get because this is original content, this becomes a good ratings thing for them. Right. And with so um, much wrestling out there, but but not necessarily. Well, there's so much wrestling on TV. There's so much wrestling anywhere. Does anybody need a new wrestling another wrestling program? Right. Um, that again, and again, that's why I think identity is so important because you know David's not wrong, right? Oh, this is you know this is your local thing, especially if you know NWA is not there, right? If they're not taping anymore in uh, the PBS studios, then this is what you have. Besides, like AWE and that kind of thing. And so, is that enough? Because I mean, I have said for years. People can say all day, like, Atlanta is a great place to run a wrestling show. But I'll just be blunt. Atlanta is an incredibly tough place to run a wrestling show because there is so much to do, right? And so what's going to make people haul their cookies out to center stage? Um, and, I, and I'm curious, Steve, is there any advantage in 2021 to having an over-the-air, non-cable wrestling show? Does, do, do, you know, the people who don't, you know, are, threw away their cable boxes and are you know, doing Hulu and stuff like that, they'll be able to get this thing. And anybody who doesn't have any kind of cable will be able to get this thing. Does that, in, does that help yeah. anybody in 2021? <laughs> I, I guess we're going to find out. And, again, it's, you know, uh, like in the WWE right now, as much as we use phrases like pay-per-view, it doesn't there, – there is no such thing, right? No. So the WWE, I mean, their new thing is they're crowing because they're like, SummerSlam is the most watched pay-per-view ever. And that is a major accomplishment. 
but it's not a pay-per-view, right? So, like, the no, terminology it, that we're using is all skewed. I mean, it was eyeballs on a product that definitely happened. And then, you know, there's certain other things about that press release that I'm like, you know, they're like, we've never sold so many T-shirts. Well, motherfuckers, you couldn't sell any because the credit card system was down. So what the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, so I don't even know. And so my point is, in reality, the WWE, and this is for all the wrestlers wrestling and all the rest of it, you're really wrestling for an audience of one. Right? It's Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's the truth. If that dude's happy, you've got a job. If that dude's not happy with you, you don't have a job. And it has nothing to do with draw because there is no such thing, right, under the current dynamic. We just use an antiquated way of trying to understand wrestling because that's what we grew up with. Subsequently, I don't know, like, it sounds like they're wrestling for an audience of Peach State TV, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Like, if they're happy, they move on. If they're not happy, then it ends. And there's really the sole arbiters of that. It doesn't sound like the number of crowds. I mean, I don't know. This is a first for me. I've never heard a promoter say, um, I don't care how many people are there to watch it. Like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I didn't talk <laughs> talk for a while because I had fainted, Larry. Um, because I understand, you know, they they tape shows in front of nobody. Um, but that is not the ideal, right? Like that's, that's to me, that's not well, a good looking TV product if you're in front of fifty. But then again, again, they're wrestling for an audience of one at least to start, and so. I guess the goal is let's put on a great show and we know how to frame it. So if we get, if we get 40 people, we'll position them just so. And if we get a couple hundred, we'll position them just so. And uh, now, we get Chelsea. He said that the $30 seats were sold out. He said those were, those were gone. Now, I don't know how, how he's gotten distributed at, at center stage, but I guess if the show looks good, and Peachtree, like as you say, Peachtree TV is happy with it and happy with the feedback yeah. they get on it. That's all that really, that, that's what matters. I guess the, 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 that's, what, that's what it's really about. And then the numbers of people in the center stage, I guess, is not really relevant to the success. So, I mean, that's what he's saying. And, and, and if, you're, if you're charging 10 bucks a ticket, the goal is get them in the door and more than we're, we're counting on the gate. And so I understand mm-hmm. that part, certainly. Um, and, you know, for the guys alone, I hope they have a good amount of people there. Um, just because I guess, yes, it's new show, and yes, he's, I mean, David Marquez is right about everything he was saying, but, man. Uh, well, it's, and it's I, certainly good for the um, Atlanta people. It, can do, it can't be bad for them to get – it's certainly more exposure. Absolutely. For, the, for our local Georgia talent that's going to be able to get on this show. Can't hurt them. Hearing that these tapings that they're doing are going to take the place of the Hollywood show for a time um, is really exciting to me because I'll be able to see the show and I'll be able to see how they kind of cut it up and repackage it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's where they're really going to – because we've seen that a lot, Larry, that people are defining themselves 
by the taping stuff that they're doing. And that's really exciting. So, you know, with promos and the way that they put it together, it could look completely different on television than it does when you go see that live product, right? So um, I'm curious how they're going to handle all that and who's running all that. But David seems very confident. And, uh, you know, whatever mistakes he's made in the past in Knoxville and whatnot, it doesn't sound like he's, um, he's keen on repeating them. So, yeah. I'm certainly looking forward to that report for sure. You remember a few years ago we had that Chris Lash on the show? After all that I stuff remember went Chris Lash. Yes. Well, that's that's the guy who he's wound up with that spot in Knoxville and took it took it from David. That was Chris Lash. And what happened with that spot? <laughs> well, it all went down in flames in a matter of a few um, months. He brought Coronet in for one taping, which I went to, which was pretty bad. And Coronet was not happy and did not want to come back, and he did not come back. And that, I think they ran a couple more, and, you know, that went down the drain. That's what I remember. You know, wrestling is such fertile ground right now. Uh, and, you know, like that IWN show, which to me had every sign of this thing's going to die. And now it seems like, well, nope, they're going to give it the college try a couple more times. And oh, yeah. It's exciting. I mean, it's, it's a very, exciting that this show's happening. Very interesting time. Speaking of exciting, can we talk about CM Punk for just a couple minutes here? As a Chicagoan, I feel compelled, compelled to talk about CM Punk. And as a Chicagoan, to say that was just Chicago all the way, that uh, wonderful moment and return of CM Punk. It couldn't have happened anywhere else like that, and no better place for it to happen than uh, Chicago at the United Center. Um, it just shows that Chicago is a great sports town, a great wrestling town, and, um, you know, obviously Punk's their boy. Um, that was, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, but for me, it made me think back of the, the little bit I knew Punk, um, which was way back in his indie days. Uh, I first met him in 2002 on a softball field in West Bend, in, in West Bend, Wisconsin. He was working. <laughs> this was a Mid America Wrestling show that I was up in Chicago visiting, and one of the reasons I went is Crew Jones was on the show because he was up there visiting family or some kind of a job thing. I don't know, but. Get this, on this show was Tracy Smothers, CM Punk, Jimmy Jacobs, Colt Cabana, Nate Webb, Ace Steel, Ian Rotten were all on this stupid show on this softball field in West, West Bend, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, so Punk was recovering from some sort of a head injury, and he was not medically cleared. So he was there with Smothers. And all they all he did was go in the ring with Smothers, and they did a pro they did a promo. And I remember that uh, Punk insulted my wife in the promo, and which she, <laughs> she which she had such fond memories of this of him insulting her in the promo. Um, anyway, I went over and talked to him. He was at back at the gimmick tables, and at that point, I wasn't all that like enamored with the Chicago area wrestling that I'd seen. And I said something like that to him, and he kind of looked at me. And he gave me a uh, – remember back in those days, you still watched 
tapes. He gave me a tape to watch of some of the local stuff, and it, I have to say it was damn good, and it opened, it opened my eyes. So um, I talked to him a few more times because he was still doing IWA Mid-South at that point, and then, of course, he was also parlaying and, and moving over to Ring of Honor at the same time. And I never really, um, of course, once he got in Ring of Honor, that was that, and uh, I, I never talked to Punk again. But um, it was interesting just to think back on those years of, you know, his 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 early beginnings in Chicago. You know, so he grew up in, uh, uh, he went to Lockport East High School, which is not really, well, it's it's about 35 miles from down from downtown Chicago. So it's it's kind of the far out suburbs where he where he grew up, but he trained at Steel Domain, which was Danny Dominion's school, which the the premier place for guys to train in Chicago at that time. And uh, Ace Steel was there, and lo and behold, the Steel Domain show is, or school is was three blocks from where I'll be tomorrow night in Portage Park. Wow! I, I think it's now. In uh, like in a place where uh, MMA people, you know, MMA training right. is going on there, but yeah, that's where Steel Domain was. So he definitely was a Chicago. His train, he definitely cut his teeth there, and then what did wrestle on the Chicago indie scene uh, before he really um, made it big. But the other thing I wanted to um, talk about was the media scrum after um, Friday night. So he took yeah. questions from the media with with Tony Khan. There were a few interesting things, and some of this I've already read out in the media, but some uh, some of it really hasn't been highlighted um, when he was answering the questions. I just want to get a few high points here. One was somebody asked him about the contract, and he said, well, he wasn't going to talk about how the sausage was made. And the only thing that they really said was he and Tony Khan assured the uh, listeners that this, he would be around for a long time, which, of course, he said in the promo. Too. Yeah. Uh, and they asked him about, um, you know, if he if he cried when he was out there, and he said, well, he, yes, he did cry, and he and he thought he would cry more than he actually wound up crying, and that the promo was absolutely off the cuff. That that was a shoot. What he said in the promo about needing to go out there and feel it before he knew what he was going to say. Um, that he'd been talking with Tony Khan for about a year and a half before this debut and of course he knew that it, it had to wait until after the pandemic but um he said he was the kind of person who needed he was the kind of girl that needed to be wined and dined before you got her into bed because he's um he's basically a paranoid neurotic and very careful person and he's heard stories yeah. years about every year or so somebody saying they had money and they were going to do like another uh, version of ECW, blah, 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 blah. So he was skeptical to say the least. They also asked him about um, comparing the thing Friday night with his big moments in WWE. And he said, of course, the one Friday night was organic and everything in WWE, he said was a fight and it's, it, kind of squeezed the life out of him the mo- and any kind of the moments that he had there. Sure. Um, it's, and- it's, you know, to, to me, Larry, that's akin to, you know, if you've ever talked to Ricky Steamboat about anything, he doesn't care for the stuff he did in WWF, even the really mm-hmm. good stuff, because he was like, I, 
he wasn't an, he didn't get to be an artist there, right? Yeah. You know, he wrestled Macho Man in a match that they rehearsed so many times they were like high schoolers doing the crucible in high school. You know, so it's just like to him that wasn't <laughs> like to him that wasn't and I mean, everybody loves Macho Man, but it's the one thing that we ignore about Macho Man, right? Because we Rehearsing. like him so much. But you know, he just rehearsed everything to death. And yeah. To, to Steamboat, that wasn't wrestling. And to Punk, I think what was so refreshing, and, you know, people, of course, are, are tribing up and turning it into, who, well, you know, Becky Lynch was bigger, or, you know, Roman Reigns said this, or whatever. But the truth is, like, it was a triumph over this idea that pro wrestling still exists. And I'm, I'm just putting it that bluntly, that brutally. Punk showed that on some level pro wrestling exists and content creation, which is what WWE has its place, but ultimately you can't make magic. You can only make a good product Mm -hmm. and people still believe in magic. That's the difference in a nutshell point blank period. He would agree wholeheartedly. He he yeah. said you don't need 16 cooks and that a few select people's input is all that was needed in that thing Friday night. Um, he also said that the people at A, which I know you you believe this wholeheartedly, the people at AEW have fun. And he said, mm-hmm. but there, there's room for both, having fun and being deadly serious. Fun is things going well. Mm-hmm. That is my mantra. Fun is greatness. Nothing is, feels better than greatness. And um, I, I don't know who can deny that that was great. And the great yeah. stuff that happened in the WWE, I mean, again, this is going to sound like I'm tribing up. I'm not. I'm just stating what I think. And that did greatness happen on SummerSlam? Maybe, but every great thing you can point to had an asterisk, did it not? Mm-hmm. Hmm, but Becky Lynch, that sure was great, but uh, the booking of Bianca Belair sure sucked. <laughs> Brock Lesnar coming in was great, but, oh, I guess Cena's not going to be there anymore. And how many appearances is Brock really going to make? I mean, yeah. And it could be great, this idea of, you know, Heyman in the middle is phenomenal in theory. (laughs) But as we've seen many times before, I'm curious, you know, the show that's got my attention the most this week is tonight's NXT. What is that thing going to start looking like? Yeah, that's coming out here in just a couple minutes, really, since they're going to revamp it. Right. And, I mean, when – you know, we got the answer, what's Rampage going to look like? And the answer is, it looks like it's going to be pretty damn good, pretty damn fun, and it's only an hour. And all of those things feel like assets right now, you know? Just a couple more things from the uh, media scrum. The the ice cream bar thing, you probably already heard that that was him and that that was uh, an Andy Kaufman thing from when Andy Mm -hmm. Kaufman took everybody out from the Carnegie Hall 
uh, concert for, for milk, milk and, and cookies. cookies. For milk and cookies, Everybody, yeah. get into the bus yeah. for milk and cookies. <laughs> and Punk said yeah, he Punk started doing pocket, man. 86 yeah, grand. From a, from a local ice cream shop in Chicago called Pretty Cool Ice Cream. Made all those. It's a little shop down by Logan Square, where the where AEW and Freelance run, and they that's where all those those ice cream bars came from. <laughs> and now they're selling them for six bucks a pop, buddy. Hey, mm-hmm. good for those guys. Good for good those, for those guys. guys. And they're selling the so, wrappers for fifty bucks. So. <laughs> Two other tidbits. One, he he was asked uh, if he'd watched Dark or Elevation, and he said no. He said he doesn't watch YouTube. He still watches CDs. I believe that. So he, he had not yet. He said, of course, he's going to watch them now, but he had not yet seen them. Um, that... Uh, and that when he was asked about training, this and this this is what concerned me. When he was asked about training, he said he had not done any specific uh, in-ring training to, to wrestling at all as of Friday night. And, of course, he was going to now. Uh, but, you know, that's what? Uh, he's got two weeks? Yeah, and he looked and, like a skinny mini-man. Didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's like riding like riding a bike in the best sense. And I thought to myself, well, okay, that's that's cool when you're 22. That's cool when you're 32. But 42, I don't know. Uh, um, I, the, I I have concerns there. Me too. But you know what? Sure is exciting. The oh, one man. thing that. <laughs> And you know they're going to give the fans will give him a pass. They've been giving Jericho a pass like crazy. They're going to give Punk a pass too. And I think they pick their opponent very carefully. I think Darby's, Darby's exactly the right guy yeah. because Punk can throw him around, yeah, without strain, right? Can throw him around. Right. Punk people can say whatever they like about Punk and his MMA career. But here's one thing that guy showed me: he's willing to take a hit and. Nothing will get you by in a modern match better than take a hit, you know? Just take that beating. And uh, as long as he doesn't get injured, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a home run at the pay-per-view. And really, that's what's unique about Punk versus Becky Lynch versus Brock Lesnar. And you know what that is? People would just as soon hear Punk talk as wrestle. Yeah. Whereas Becky Lynch, who apparently is not ready to wrestle, which is why they're doing what they're doing. So what the hell are they going to do for two months with her? How many times can you watch her walk out there? Not many. Right. And Brock Brock Lesnar, I mean, especially if Heyman's not with him. (laughs) I don't know how excited I am to hear, you know, Brock Lesnar and his man bun, you know, talking. So, Punk, I mean, the, the crowd, I mean, Punk didn't even mention wrestling in the ring for the first seven minutes of the no. promo. It was no, about, they, you, I've got a lot to say, and I'm going to be here for a long time to say it. 
That's yep. and the crowd was as thrilled as they were to hear that Stone Cold was going to wrestle one more match. They didn't care about him wrestling at all, compared no. to they want to hear. They just love the idea. I think the idea of him is actually bigger than him, which is what makes it so amazing to me. Just the idea of what he represents, anti WWE style. Yeah, you know. A guy who nobody would deny paid every due. A guy that nobody would deny fought against every odd and obstacle that he was put in front of. And a guy who unabashedly appears to love wrestling again. And, you know, that's a, that's a welcome relief over, you know, NXT, which is maybe the purest wrestling show there is, and that's not good enough. Mm-mm. <laughs> There's no, something I, I, just that's disquieting to the, me. They can protect the hell out of him as far as the in-ring goes, and nobody's going to care. And I think they're smart enough to do that. Um, I know they're smart enough to do that. So I don't. I, uh, so if they if they go that route, I think it's I think it's going to be fine. And the other thing is, he's not he's not a short guy. He's tall. He's six foot two. So he's got he's yes. not going to look like a tiny guy in there. Even if he's even if he he, he did look pretty skinny, for sure. Um, but I think they can, I think they can, they can, uh, finesse around that. I was, um, I was going to say this, I was going to say this on full disclosure. I think CM Punk is also going to take a very interesting place in AEW and in wrestling in that I think working CM Punk is going to be like an unofficial wrestling title of its own. I don't think <laughs> Punk is ever going to wrestle for the TNT title. I don't think he's ever going to wrestle the world champion. I think Punk is the attraction in and of himself, and everybody's going to just want to know who's going to get to work him next. And it's yeah. going to serve its own, like, very powerful thing on the show. You will have entire shows built around so-and-so is going to wrestle Punk. <laughs> you know, and that's not a bad place to be. It's certainly better than just adding another title willy-nilly. Um, you know, yeah. So I'm excited everybody gets to see their that. punk. They get their punk match, and that can be mm-hmm. the thing right there. Just getting that punk match. Well, we got to get out of here. Um, at least I got to get out of here, and you probably do too. But we'll be back next yeah. week. Two in a we row. will. We will. Um, we're going to be back next week to help out with uh, Crossroads. Big, big, big stuff happening at Southern Pride, and I'm sure by then there'll be other stuff to talk about as well. Yes, sir. Well, thank you to David Marquez. Best of luck with that show. And GWHNewsAndNotesBlogspot.com is where you're going to read all that good, good from Larry and Rob and me and everybody else. So for Larry Goodman, I'm Stephen Platinum, and we're going to see you next week on the tipping point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.